Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the North Bros Outdoors Podcast, number 44. I am Nick Beto. I'm Brandon Wixell. And we're here, just us two in the studio this evening. A um, couple housekeeping things to start off with. First of all, I want to give a shout out to Southern Valley Lasering LLC out of Wapton. Wixell could give a plug on them too, but... I'd say they're doing really good, but Nick can't seem to remember to bring me my cup, so... From the pictures, they look awesome. Yeah, we ordered ordered some laser-engraved North Bros Outdoors cups or coffee mugs, and they, they turned out really cool. So I think they're tumblers. Tumblers, whatever they call them. Uh, they turned out really cool. If you guys are looking to get any laser, engraver, laser engraving done, definitely give those guys a look. We don't know where this episode is going to take us. We neither of us really got out and did much fishing last weekend um even though wixel bought a new live scope he still hasn't really taken it out and learned how to use it yet yeah i've been having issues with that pole and the company and trying to get a hold of the company so i actually uh i switched switched what i'm going to do for the boat setup which will there will be a video coming out as soon as i can get my boat out but, you know, it's kind of buried by about 12 feet of snow to get to the garage door. So that's not going to come out for a minute. But uh, switch, the, switch the mounting setup that I'm going to use for the boat. And then I'm probably also going to switch the ice pole that I'm going to do for next year. So change things up a bit. Speaking of all the snow that's blocking your boat, uh, you looked at the weather for this weekend? Yeah, it's also blocking all of the lakes and making travel for fishing very difficult i have a snowmobile that's about the only thing we can use (laughs) you know i got a lot of crap for having a 155 rmk for ice fishing but uh this year it's definitely paid for itself yeah you're not going to get stuck in that one foot of snow so nope and cameraman cubby uh he just bought a four-wheeler two weeks ago three weeks ago something like that and we tried taking his four-wheeler uh, out fishing down in southeastern North Dakota. And that didn't end very well. So with that, I can kind of get into the fishing report slash ice oh, conditions. that horsepower cubby and you still couldn't make it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get out fishing very much last weekend. I got out on Friday, uh, which would have been the 10th. And... I went down southeastern North Dakota again. Uh, as we've touched on in episodes prior, my Minnesota season is complete because I don't go for panfish. It's not that I don't like panfish. Flash will tell you that I don't like panfish. But uh, I just, I don't know. I kind of like fishing the old home bodies of water. And it hasn't been very good so far. I uh, haven't, haven't found anything. haven't got into anything too good actually i don't even think i pulled a walleye out of north dakota yet other than devil's lake yeah that whole corner seems like it's been fairly slow i caught i talked to a couple people two weeks ago when i was out there uh, on two different lakes and both of them were saying it's been you know the last the last month has just been very hit or miss you'll pick up a couple if you're there at the right time and the right you know right at that sundown or sun up but otherwise it's been you could see them. They're there, but they're not biting anything. Yeah, and the one lake that I tried to go to, uh, it's one of the ones that I've fished for many, many years. 
I couldn't even get to it because the road going up the hill was snowed in. You know which one I'm talking about. I'm pretty sure it's the same one that I got stuck in and had to have the farmer pull me out. So, Yep, that's that's the one. So I didn't get to make it out on that one. Um, fishing, just like Wixo just said, it's been slow. Uh, as far as the ice and snow conditions, you're looking at, you got to have tracks. If you don't have tracks. Yeah, for sure. Especially down there, there's the couple that I've been on. There, there's no roads plowed. They're they're little little sloughs that you go to for a day trip. There is one wheelhouse out on the one lake that I don't know how how they're gonna get that house off that lake. We call that structure when the ice goes away. <laughs> Problem is, I think it's only like six feet deep where that house is, so the roof's gonna be sticking out. Well, I get that's it's unfortunate. Still structure, I guess. Makes it easier to pull it out. I guess you can find it. I I just gotta wonder though, like. It's got to be somebody that lives down in that area. I would think so. It's probably some, some farmer that has used it like twice throughout the year, and he'll just take his tractor out, super late ice, when nobody would drive their vehicle, he'll pull his tractor out there and just pull it out like it's nothing. And it snowed down there recently. F- finishing up the, the snow or the fishing and ice report, it's, it's I mean, like I said, tracks are you're not going to get around anywhere very easily, and there's still plenty of ice accesses. Haven't started going yet, as we've touched on before. You know, as everybody knows, that's going to be the first part to go. With this much snow, they're they're not going to be an issue for a while. You're going to have some flooding, but it's just going to be all that snow melting. Yeah, and and that you know, like I said, that that's all the all of the update I got for you is you know, lots of snow out there. Ice is still good. Accesses are still good. You know, but but that that house that's stuck out there, I. I mean, it doesn't look like anybody's... I mean, it also snowed eight inches down there the week before I went. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe they had been out there. There were no tracks out there two weeks ago when I was on the same lake, so... Yeah, I mean, there's there's got to be a solid foot, foot and a half of snow in front of that, all the way up to the road where you can drive up to it. I would venture at this point that some of the bigger lakes that usually, or that get plowed off during season, if you're a Minnesota fisherman... I gotta, I gotta say that it's gonna be getting pretty tough to get on those lakes too. There might be like a main, main road, but a lot of your side roads are probably getting pretty filled in at this point. Because I think that snowstorm that hit us, that hit, you know, it got Detroit Lakes area down to Otter Tail. I think it hit everything. It kind of just circled around us. And we're gonna that that whole entire same area that you just mentioned is is going to get hit again this weekend. Yep. So you can't. I mean. I don't know. For some guys, you know, the ice season might be coming to an end. For some guys, it's, you know, I don't know. I probably would, we're past the point where your season's just getting started. But there's a lot of ice fishing left. Yeah. As someone who hasn't been out in a few years, I'm I'm interested to see what happens if we can get, you know, when we start getting these warmer temps, it looks like two, three weeks from now, we'll, we'll kind of be up into the 30s, maybe peaking into the 40s, and it, it should hopefully stay like that for our highs so i'm curious as to what it's going to be like when all this when some of the snow starts to melt and we get back down to the ice if we're going to be able to fish again or if the lakes are going to have a foot of standing water on top of the ice yeah that's a that's a valid point i mean to me and i I could be wrong on this I, i i picture it you know when all this snow melts there's two to three feet on top of the water right now and when we get to those 40 degree temperatures and we hold those 40 degree temperatures for, you know, weeks on end until we get ice out. 
it's not gonna it's not gonna harden up again. I don't think so either. So maybe, you're gonna maybe in the morning, but I don't know. It seems like there's gonna be a lot of water out there. Well, and up here in North Dakota where we are, you know, how many days is it not windy? <laughs> Zero. I mean, even today that wind was was brutal. The only days that it's not windy in North Dakota is when you're fishing a lake that needs wind to catch fish. That makes sense. That's that's a valid point. But I think you know when it when it melts that that layer and I'm with you. I think it'll be interesting to see how it goes up. Obviously the rivers are going to start opening first. I know the one in Wapton there, they've started opening the dam. So that has came up oh, I would say at least 8 feet if oh, not geez. more. And so that's is that flowing? Not yet. There it's, it's really going to very quickly. Though. It's very shady looking ice underneath the bridge especially. <laughs> but on the lakes, I mean I I'm, I'm going to probably have to go do some some late season, uh, just go for a drive, and and kind of watch it and yeah, it'll be it'll it'll be a le- another learning experience, another first I guess you could say is late season ice out with a ton of snow and a ton of ice. What happens and can we go? I don't remember the last time that we have had this much snow when when it comes to ice fishing. I mean, usually we have a handful of snow or you know. Quite a bit of snow, handfuls, not the right word to use there, but whatever. I, I don't know if, it, to me, it, you know, once it melts and it, it gets watered on top of the ice and the wind comes and blows that water around, I feel like it's going to speed up the ice out process. I sure hope so, because I'm itching at this point to get back out on the lakes. So that's pretty much all we've got for uh, the ice out or ice fishing related content um yeah we apologize we nobody in our crew got it well i shouldn't say that rake man or isaac he hasn't been on the podcast yet him i don't know if flash was with him or not but they went out and put the smack down on some crappie and perch nice over all right let me let me see if i can pull a picture up oh before we get uh i'm gonna show you this one first so before we get all the way out of the ice fishing talk mike just sent this picture of devil's lake Oh, yeah. So if you're going up to Devil's Lake, um, I would highly recommend the resorts because based off of this photo, I'm looking at, uh, I would say... Two feet of snow. Two two feet of snow. It's not two feet of snow. It's a two-foot trench that tire tracks are in. That's got to have Those at are least, tracks. Yeah. It's Oh, boy. That's even worse. <laughs> so it's snowmobile tracks that are in a two-foot trench with three to six inches of standing water in them. Yeah, you might get stuck in a snowmobile in that. Yeah, that would suck. I remember even when we were up there on our North Bros Devil's Lake trip this year, uh, it was that one spot where we saw In-Depth Outdoors filming a show. They were in 8 to 10 inches of slush, and it was in the middle of January. So it turns out the slush didn't go away. No, uh, it, it didn't go away, and it's it. what's there is getting worse. I'm I'm I'd be willing to bet that it's you know that's pretty much what we're going to be looking at, especially on those bigger lakes, those those slush pockets that never seem to really freeze. They're only going to get bigger at this point, and they always seem to be right where you want to be fishing, so you can't really avoid them. Isn't it funny how that that works out? You know, you go out to a spot and you think, you know, this is great. Nobody's been here, and then you get out there and it's like 
Oh shit! This you find is, out why nobody's. This been is there. why nobody's been here. Here's the picture from uh, Rake Man. He was out in Minnesota. Pretty good, pretty good haul there. Yeah, it looks like they caught a few fish. Two, four, six, eight crappies, a, a good pile of sunnies, a few perch in there. I'll be tossing that picture up on the Instagram page tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be a good one. You'll want to take a look. So they're they're still biting, and those guys, they you know, that's one of the things that they're really good at is the pan fishing aspect, and they're, uh, you know, if Wix, I don't know how much pan fishing you do, but I don't do a lot, so if, if we ever want to give it a shot, I think giving those guys a call would be beneficial you know it's never been high on my priority list i've always i've liked to chase crappies and i tried to a few times this year but i just i could never really get on them that being said one of the best things that live scope is for especially in the winter is chasing panfish around the big the big holes and over the mud flats so i think that's definitely something i'm going to be getting into hopefully i can get out this year but these conditions are tough if not this year for sure next year and they'll be Many videos and and uh, podcasts to come about it in the summer. I'm sure we'll we'll play around with it a lot. So speaking of your live scope, we kind of touched on that last episode, but I'm gonna dive into it again. Those have got to be kind of taking over the fishing industry year round. Yeah, I would say. Um, I have been looking at some of the watching some videos from like old National Walleye Tour tournaments and bass tournament you can't find a bass boat that doesn't have a dedicated 15 inch screen on the front of their boat with just live scope on it they use it for everything um a lot, a lot of people are talking about it. a lot of the interviews from from pros are saying that it's it's changing the game if you don't have it i mean you can still catch fish but if you want to be seems like if you want to be competitive that's where everybody's going with this along with everything else you know it's a combination of things but Man, some of the videos you can see that people are using this thing, it's its crazy. Well, and I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense. If, if you had the choice between, say, a Hummingbird Solex with side scan and down imaging or a live scope, why wouldn't you take the live scope? Well, the question is, why wouldn't you just do both, which is what everybody else does? <laughs> well... Yeah, that's true. So here's here's what everybody that has one is like, duh. Here's my goal for it this year is to get better with my side imaging, down imaging, and 2D to find use it to find find the rock humps, find the points, find you know that that weed line. Hopefully, I've never been very good at it, but finding the fish, especially on live or on the side scam. I've never been great at picking out fish, but I can find the rock lines, the weed lines, and everything like that, dropping waypoints on them. My goal is that I can go go back then, and instead of, you know, kind of guessing, like, ah, I know it's somewhere over here, I can drop that live scope down and be like, well, it's literally 27 feet right in front of me. And, I mean, the goal is to be able to find that fish that's 25 feet right in front of there. So, so what, we'll what, see if that, we'll see, you know, it's easy to say it. We'll see if we can do it. What advantage does, that's not a good way to word it. What, what can the live scope do that the side scan and down imaging cannot? Right now, when you, everything you're looking at side scan and down imaging is in the, it's behind you. It's in the past. And 
what a lot of people seem to be noticing with the more we get, you know, the more we use the live imaging stuff is that fish move around a lot more than we thought. So if you find a pod of fish off to your right, you know, 40 feet with side imaging and you drop a couple pins on those fish, you can go back, spot lock, cast into those fish. Maybe you catch some, maybe you don't. With the live imaging, you can drop down and be like, well, actually they, they're swimming. They moved 25 feet farther down the break line. So you cast exactly where they were when you went by them two, three, four minutes ago before you turn around. They're not there they're anymore. Not gonna, they're not going to be there anymore. Yes, they're... And then a lot of another thing that people have noticed, it seems like, is that you, you cast into that group, you find them, you cast into them, you catch one. Those fish are going to move 15, 10, 15 feet one way or the other. You can follow them. You can, you can stay on them. You know which way they're going. You know, it's just like crappie fishing. You're in the winter. You, you see the school, you go over, you drill a couple holes, you catch a couple of them. They've moved 40 feet to the West. You follow them that way. So that's the goal. We'll see. We'll see if we can put it into action or not, but. So each one definitely serves a purpose. I mean, you, you, oh, for sure. you look at the that live scope and you know your your advantage to that is you can look 360 you know front back side side whatever the side scan you kind of got to be in motion and you know you're picking up what's behind you yeah it's it's the way i've the way i'm viewing it is that the side imaging is going to be for like you go you go with your charts with your maps you find that point, you find the hump, you go over to that hump, you see what's there. Is it is it rocks? Is it, is it sand? Is there a weed line? You can go out and you can drop pins around the rocks. You can drop pins down the weed line. And then you can go back to that with your live imaging and really pick it apart and see if there's fish there. Follow the fish. Seems like it'll be better as long as, you know, if we're walleye fishing. If they're sitting in the rocks, it's going to be really tough to see them either way. But if they come up even just a little bit, I think you'll be able to find them a lot better with the live scope. This live might, imaging this in general. This I think might, they're all dark. might might be a dumb question. When you're, you know, when you when you ice fish with a live scope, you're sitting still, and you can scan around. Does that change at all? When you move, is there like a setting you have to change? Or I'm asking. No, the, the guys that have one are like you, idiot. Yeah. But I, I'm just curious. I don't have one. I just got the Helix Seven. Well, in all fairness, I've used it one time, but I've watched I don't even know how many hours of videos. Um, it's there's no settings or anything. It's you know if you're moving, it's obviously gonna you're just gonna be scanning the whole time, and your scans are gonna slightly shift. Where the benefit when you're on the ice is you're on you're on a solid stable platform like you can get a very clear picture without any movements if you're in a boat and you're rolling through two foot waves you know it's going to be it's going to be different but people still do it so you know i, I don't have any experience to say um if it's going to be harder if it's going to be possible even to see with it I well that'll be you know you you keep mentioning that you're excited to get out in the boat but you don't really have, I mean, you could go out in the boat and not even fish and still have a good time just, just learning how the, you know, how the live scope works, how the, you know, how you're going to set everything up. So what's your plan with your live scope? Are you going to 
you going to mount the screen in the boat? I know we're going to do a video on it when you get the boat out and how you did everything or while we're doing it maybe, but what's so, your plan there? So I just recently ordered um, the the pole and bracket mount from Arc Lab. Uh, it's basically a ram mount with a claw that mounts to a plate with... This is going to be really difficult to explain. But it's, it's a ram mount with a claw that holds the pole, and then it mounts onto a plate that has basically just a, a U-channel that the pole will also lock into. So it's, it's being held in two spots to help with stability. And then that whole plate that everything is attached to is canted at as a 45-degree angle on it, so it'll mount right into the sport track on my Lund, so I can pull the whole thing on and off. Um use the ram mount to swivel it to the side so I, I don't have to unhook the whole thing to move on the lake. So but you, I can are take... you talking just your transducer or are you yes, talking the just... what are you going to do with the screen? That's what I was wondering. Well, and the transducer. So the transducer is going to mount on, on the pole. The pole is going to mount to the, uh, the, tr the sport track plate and, and the arm setup. And that's going to be, you know, I can mount that in the back of the boat and the, I can move it anywhere in the boat. The trans or the the screen, I haven't decided yet. My th original thought was to just keep it in the ice pack on the standalone battery, and then I could move it anywhere. I could move it if I wanted it in the back of the boat, if I wanted it in the front of the boat. I'll probably leave it like that. Maybe just at least for this first summer, just to play with it and see what I do with it. Did you do the the minnow bucket build? Nope. Um, I got it at the. Uh, sportsman show and it came with a fin gear shuttle and fin gear pole so it, it's on a, a shuttle system i'll probably at some point get a bag for it just for the extra protection and the so extra you've storage, went a, you've went away from the wanting to yes do the the minnow bucket build correct i and when we say when we say minnow bucket build if you go on youtube and look it up there's t a ton of people mike did it himself which i should we should do a video on that that'd be yes that'd be a good one um of people that have taken either the angle bait coolers or the mike did a fray bill and they had the hard-sided big minnow buckets and they they cut them out and mount their screens and batteries and everything in there they actually turn out pretty sweet i was gonna do that i, I mean that was my plan for the longest time but you know, it came as a good deal. It, I basically paid what I would for the screen, the transducer, and the back black box, and I also got a shuttle and a pole with it. So it was kind of a that was kind of my selling point. But um, for the for this first season, I'll probably just leave it in that and just be able to move it around the boat. It's not like I'm doing 85 miles an hour across the lake like a bass boat. So I'm I'm sure it'll be fine. But I'll figure out what I really want, what I want to do with it. Um, it also gives me the option to move it to different boats. A lot of times I fish out of two different boats in the summer. So um, I'll be able to do that. But I've also looked at some of the like longer, that make 15 to 20 inch screen mounts basically. I've thought about putting that in the front of the boat so the screen was up higher. You don't have to look down as far. And then... I suppose the the options and possibilities that you oh, have man. are literally endless. You it's could it's like pulling on a string. It you uh, do you, whatever. You look at one thing and that shows you a little piece to a different thing and you start looking at that and it's a never ending cycle. I originally thought getting the 
shuttle and putting like a light and a USB outlet on the shuttle was awesome. And it goes, I mean, some of the things that people can do with these things are crazy. Does the battery that you got with it have a USB port and the battery meter on it? It does not. I plan on putting one on. It's, I'd like to put um, a little UV glow light for ice fishing next year on it. Uh, of a total system kill switch and uh, probably a at least one USB port. That'd come in handy. I mean, even if you're out ice fishing and, you know, say your phone was going to die or something like that where you just needed a little bit of little bit of juice that you could plug in and have something that you can, you know, charge your stuff off of. I know they have the power boxes and stuff, and those are still very popular. Anytime you can condense and make one thing multi-use, especially ice fishing, I mean, it's it's bad enough how much stuff we carry out between live scopes, cameras, flashers, rod bags, the sled, you know, the bait bucket, everything. It it gets to be a lot when you start getting up there. So anytime you can make one thing dual purpose or save a little weight, it, you know, it can go a long ways, especially if you're dragging stuff. Yeah, walking out is tough. I I don't like that. Uh, before we transition out of ice fishing, I am having auger issues again. Oh, gosh. You just got a new one. Yep. And it doesn't spin straight. Sounds to me. No. Nope. This <laughs> you know, is not. He knows where I'm going. This is not user error. Sounds like user error. Because we have the exact same bit. And my, the, we're, we're referring to the Strike Master Light Flight. And my Light Flight has less than 50 holes on it. Yeah, it's like two weeks old. And it, it just, when you drill with it, it like wobbles back and forth really bad. And it's not because it's not on the drill right. Hmm. You know, I double checked that. I double checked my blades, made sure that my blades weren't, you know, missing a blade or bad blades or whatever. But when you drill, it tosses you back and forth. It doesn't go straight down. I don't know what. Have you checked your drill? Yes, I tried it on multiple drills, and it did the same thing on each one. <laughs> so what I did this last weekend when I was out is I went to Fleet Farm and bought the repair for my pistol bit. <laughs> oh, jeez. So well, should have done that a while ago. but So I'm going to put that one back together and give that one a shot and see if it works any better. But if we go out this weekend, I'll bring it with, and you can... Try it on the Milwaukee, and if it works, I'll just trade. Mine's newer. Interesting. Maybe we'll get to find out how the customer service is over at Light Flight, or is it Eskimo? Strike Master. Strike Master. We'll get to check out their customer service. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. Maybe I did something stupid. Maybe the shaft is bent. That was one of the next things that I was going to do is take all the all the fins off and look down the... I mean, look. it's a pretty hef- heavy-duty thing, like... Yeah, it I'd be shouldn't. surprised if you bent it. Right. I mean, grinds rolled around in the back of my truck box, and it's still fine. Yeah. So I'm glad that we're on the same page with that. But now we're gonna do something that we've never done on the podcast before. I am going to say a topic, and you're gonna pick. Oh, we're going random. Where we go with it. So you can dive into it yourself. You can ask questions to me. I can ask questions back. This is how well we planned out tonight's podcast. We usually don't plan them out. Like we don't have a. That's a good point. We don't have a checklist that we go through, but we usually have a a topic at hand on hand. That and most of the time it's been just fishing and stuff. But beings were uh, 
we haven't been out fishing, we're, we're not going to skip a week. I mean, we got people that come back and listen every single week, so we're not going to skip a week, but uh, yeah. So you ready for the topic? Let's do it. Tournament fishing. Tournament fishing. All right. So let's start and off. And you, you can take that to any level that you want. Okay. Uh, and what first, I mean by that is, you know, local fishing tournaments, professional fishing tournaments, all the way up to the national level. Obviously, you're a pro that makes millions of dollars a year fishing, which is why we do this. That's why I have auger problems. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever fished a tournament? And if so, ice fishing, open water, do you remember what it was? All right, so I wanted to do this random topic thing, and now it's... Nah, no, get him in the butt. No, I got to think. Have I fished a tournament? Yes. Uh, we, I have actually fished that I can remember one, two, three different tournaments, one of which was, one of which was like five or six consecutive years in a row. So like if, you fished it five, all five years. Cool. Yep. And I don't remember five or six. I don't remember. The one that I'm referring to is the poles and holes fishing derby over in Detroit lakes. Yep. On uh, Detroit Lake. Um, fish that one. The one thing I don't like about that one, but all the all the tournaments that I've fished in have been ice fishing. Ice fishing. Those seem to be a lot easier and a lot more often. Yeah, and I, I fished. So the lakes, I'll name drop the lakes that I've fished the tournament on. One of them was Lake Elsie down in Hankinson. Yep. Uh, the other one was uh, Lake Ele- the Crow Wing uh, chain, Lake 11. Up in Akeley, Minnesota, and the the pulls and holes one was the one that we did for for like I said five six years in a row. We used to go. Uh, Papa would come out there with us, and we'd you know hang out for the four hours that the tournament was, and then we'd take the houses and we'd go set up somewhere else afterwards. I think the only person we'd win door prizes and stuff, but the only person that ever actually won something was Donkey, and he won a. So I think they had thirty prizes, and he was like fish prizes. Thirty you caught. Yeah, thirty, this, thirty or something. fifty. I don't remember. I think it was thirty. I could be wrong on that, but uh, thirty, thirty fish. The top thirty people got a prize, and he caught a pike, and he got thirty first. Nice. And they're like, you know what? We'll give you a prize. Oh, so. And ba- even, back, I can't even back go with that. At this time, Donkey was just a little tyke. He was like 14, 15, somewhere in there. You know what the prize was that he won? A casino spa package. Nice. <laughs> so he nice. didn't even get to use it. I'm pretty sure my mom ended up using that. Oh, he should have saved it. That had to have been good for a good, you know, four or five years, right? Yeah, a massage or two, you know? I don't know. But those massage are the only... a 14-year-old. <laughs> The uh, yeah, those are the only tournaments that I've fished. Never done an open water tournament. Wouldn't mind doing an open water tournament. Okay, there was the next question. Well, I'm gonna swing that same question that you just asked me back to you. Have you ever done any tournaments, and where were they? And um, the only tournament that I remember doing, uh, I did an ice fishing tournament on Lake Lida with my dad. I believe it was the JC's something something or another. I can't remember. It was it would, was several years ago. Would Paul come on a podcast? Uh, maybe if I we can, give him, I can ask him if we give him enough beers. He will not have any fishing stories because he gets to go out like once a year, at least in the winter, 
It doesn't matter, doesn't matter how many times I ask him. Uh, work is he, – he works for NDSU Athletics, so, you know, athletics on the weekend, usually a pretty busy thing. But Especially in the fall. Yeah, well, actually, uh, I t- talked to him recently. I took him out for the – I got him out two weeks ago for the first time ice fishing in four or five years. Because when, when I stop doing something, he stops doing something. <laughs> Um, he gets a guided trip everywhere he goes for anything he does, and you, I take care of everything. Are you the guide? Yes. Hey, that's one way to do it. Yep. Way to go, Paul. Yep, he got it. I don't know what he, he figured it out. Does he listen? Uh, I think he's seen some. Seen. Heard. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, we so should I, look into that. We should look into getting Paul on a podcast. But anyway, you, you have done some tournaments. Yep. I've uh, I did the one ice fishing one. I I don't think we won anything, but uh, it was fun. I would definitely consider doing another one. I kind of looked into it this year for ice fishing, but this year was more so like, can I you know getting back into it? Like, let me just figure out how everything works and how to run all my stuff and and deal with it, that first. It sounds stupid, but it's a it's a learning curve. To, oh, for sure. I mean. You look at it, and how many things come into your ice fishing setup? I mean, you can you got to go from your boots, your bibs, your jacket, your gloves. You know, make sure you got a nice hat so you're not getting cold out there. Then you got to go through an auger. Okay, I got an auger, and well, now I got to get a house so I can stay warm. Then I got to get a heater to heat the house, and then I got to get some rods, and then I got to get tackle, and then sonar and there is ways to do with you don't have to get everything and you, you absolutely don't have to spend do not all of that but we don't none of us here at North Bros like to rough get it. the bare minimum yeah no <laughs> rough when, it's a good one considering we all have houses now yeah when we when we uh go into something that we like we don't really it's it's all in it's all yeah, in yeah it's 100 either, miles an hour yeah you either do it or you don't so like yeah it's kind of funny to to think about that i mean you look at all the hobbies that we're into, you know, four-wheeling. The part where none of them are cheap. Yeah, four-wheeling, hunting, whether that be bow hunting or rifle hunting. Or both. Or both. And then you factor in ice fishing, open water fishing. I mean, it's, yeah, it's fun. It is It is a lot of fun. It's just also a lot of gear that you got to keep straight and, and organized. And It's like half my favorite part of it is just tinkering tinkering and organizing i couldn't tell you how many times i'll reorganize the boat this this spring like 10 times before i actually figured out and then i'll do it all again next year same thing with ice fishing i was i was still piecing together stuff i'm still piecing together stuff i've been playing with the sled here and there this late in the winter i don't even know if i'm gonna get out again and i'm still playing with the sled and i'm sure i'll do it all over again next year Something new will come out, and you'll be like, ah, that's cool. So we keep on saying that we're going to get out of this ice fishing talk, and we keep ending up right back into it. I've, I've got a question for you. Okay. You used your sled house. I would say out of all of us, our whole group, you are the closest one to me as far as how often that you were out in your portable. Yeah, okay. How did your house, like my house right now, If you actually it's, I'm pretty sure it's not even inside. I think it's still sitting on my trailer. But how did your house hold up as far as you, you noticing any wear marks on your fabric 
or no. any ice in the sled or anything like that? Uh, there's definitely ice in the sled, but that's probably because my minnow bucket has spilt twice this winter, and I've just never chiseled all the ice out. Um, wear marks on the on the fabric, none. Uh, on the bottom of the sled, I, I have not picked it up this summer. Like, just from looking Winter. at it. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> um, just from looking at it from, like, the sides, I don't see anything major. I have not lifted it to check the bottom. Did you put high facts on it? No. Ouch. Why? Well, actually, I revoked that because you have a good reason why. You don't have... I had nothing to pull it with when yet. I bought it. Yet. Uh, I ended up, I did end up pulling it a lot, but in my defense, almost everywhere that it got pulled was in deep snow. So it was very rarely on like hard ice. Um, it's something I'll probably get next year. Uh, the only issue that I had with it, and it wasn't even with the sled, I kind of jerry-rigged a, a tow bar system with electrical conduit and eye bolts and carabiners and i perks of the job yep i uh i ran quarter inch to start and it was not not heavy duty enough so i busted i was actually on devil's lake i busted both of the eyelets and two out of the three carabiners on the tow trip back into the house to leave it lasted the whole weekend and everything blew up on the road back so i I can't even complain um other than that solid no complaints. Could have caught more fish out of it, but I don't think that's the house fault. Nope. You know what they say about the Beetle Guide Service. They take you, but they never put you on fish? Hey, you picked the spot half the time. Well, I mean, I did pick one spot this winter, and I did catch the only fish, so. What Leech, are you referring Leech to? Leech Lake. We moved. Nick took a right. Uh, no, I took a no, left. no, 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 no. Let's, no. Come on, let's back it up. Wait, Leech Lake. Yep, Leech Lake. We took the three houses out. Yep. We set up on one spot that Jacob picked. We all, group effort. We this did. can't be a shot at me. I didn't pick a spot. Well, what? hold on here. <laughs> I know, yeah, okay. Jake I, picked the spot that we could all, you know, he, he got us all set up side by side. Well, he also beat us out there. Yeah. So he picked a spot that we could all get set up side by side. Uh, group effort, we decided to move the next. Uh, late morning as we all drive down the road nick's in front nick decides to take a right jake follows him kind of stops and i got to the intersection and i was like we're not going that way we 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 called in well i didn't you call stopped in. I don't, first i don't have you didn't service. just take off i stopped you oh stopped. i was kind of wondering why you're going yeah that you way. stopped and you're like mm, no so I, I nick takes a right i take a left i tell everybody yeah every we all agreed it's not like i was I don't want it to sound like I, you know, oh, this is the definite spot. He was. That's exactly well, what he was at the trying time. to do. <laughs> at the time to them, I had to sound confident. But I kind of, you know, we all agreed that it, I, I pointed out this area. We all agreed that this looks like a spot set up there. I did catch the only walleyes out of that spot. Yeah, but I caught a bunch of little micro perch. Well, I don't have anything to say to that. You caught eel pout too, which was cool. You can catch re- one. refer back to a couple episodes back, uh, Leech Lake. 2023 late season um, but back to the tournament yep questions so i i think i went last so now it's you again uh have you 
Have you looked? Is tournament fishing open water or ice fishing? We'll do them. We'll do them as two separate things. Is tournament fishing winters something that you want to do? Want to get into more, or just you know the couple local ones that are around that you know everybody kind of does? Because what else are you gonna do? That's a tough one. Um, I I wouldn't mind getting into it a little bit more than I am right now, but I also don't want to take it to the extreme of yep. traveling very 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 far that's kind of where i'm at on at so, least on ice fishing is we have a lot of local tournament there's hundreds of lakes within two hours of us so there's lots of local ice fishing tournaments to get into so i guess an, an easy answer to that question would be yes i wouldn't mind getting into it more but i don't know that i'd want to take it much higher than the local level. Okay. Then similar question, but open water. Now I know you don't have a boat, at least as of now, but yeah. Uh, she is, didn't even say anything. It's a good start. Now she we got her. Attention. We're moving on. Um, <laughs> open water fishing tournaments. Is that something you want to get into? Want to look into? Have considered? Have you done one? Yeah, I already said you haven't, right? Correct. I've never done an open water tournament. Um, when I do get a boat, I would like to get one that's big enough that I can take it on big bodies of water, such as Red Lake, Leech Lake, Malax Lake, but also not eliminate lakes that I can go to because of the size of the boat. But that would be something that... <laughs> I don't know what level. Again, I, I'd probably like to do the, the local stuff. I'm not anywhere near a professional caliber of fisherman. But I, I definitely would not mind getting into some open water tournaments once I acquire a boat. So now switching that back to you. Uh, start with ice fishing and then... Uh, I've, I actually, no. Start with open water and then go to ice fishing. Okay, we'll do it the difficult way. Uh, open water, it's definitely something I'd like to get into. I think I need to, well, I think it's definitely something you could just jump into, but I'd like to take the summer and really put some effort into like practicing as if I was doing it and figuring out the electronics, figuring out the live scope, figuring out how to dissect a lake as if I was tournament fishing. Uh, it's definitely something I've looked into. Uh, it's something I'd like to get into. Uh, I have thought about doing like a co-angler on some tournaments that you can get into. Basically, pay your entry fee, and then you get paired with a pro with a boat, and you go fishing with them for the day. And in a lot of tournaments, at least the walleye tournaments, uh, you fish as a team, and then the next day you're paired with somebody else. You carry your you each carry your weight from the previous day, and then your weight on day two is added with your day one to get your total score. And that's that's pretty much then then you're only competing against other co-anglers. The pros obviously compete against each other. There's very different. It's a very different uh, price to entry fee for for stuff like that. At least for the tournaments that I've looked into. But uh, I have never fished one 
Like I've never fished an open water tournament on my own, so I think it'd be beneficial to I'd like to try it with somebody that's been there done that kind of a thing. Or at least maybe some of the smaller local ones would be a lot easier to deal with. But something I'm looking into. And what about ice? Uh, I think I'm in the, about the same boat for you as ice. Uh, I'd like to do some of these local ones because there's so many of them, but I don't, I don't necessarily see it as something I'm going to try to travel around the country for. Makes sense. Makes sense. So I got, I just pulled up the National Walleye Tour here. Okay. Uh, opening weekend or the first, the first event of four should be next weekend. March 21st and 22nd, 2023, in Spring Valley, Illinois, on the Illinois River. Let me just start by saying I'm very jealous of the people in Spring Valley, Illinois, that they can fish out of a boat right now. We still have two and a half feet of ice. Yeah, we're still ice fishing. But I think one thing different that we're going to do here on the North Bros podcast, uh, we're going to kind of try and follow this tournament this season and the the dates for this tournament so obviously the first one it's march 21st 22nd in spring valley illinois the second one is may 17th and 18th on lake winnebago june 22nd and 23rd they're on lake francis case in pickstown south dakota uh july 27th and 28th they're on the St. Mary's River in Michigan. I could be wrong on that, but I think that's what I'm seeing here. And then the championship is September 6th, 7th, and 8th in Devil's Lake. And one thing that Wixo and well, Wixo is going to be leaving to go on an elk hunt, I believe, that weekend. But his boat will be here, so I might take the boat and go up to Devil's Lake and watch the pros. Uh, I've, I've never actually followed the National Walleye Tour before. I think it, it you know, being a, being a co-angler on something like that, you would learn a lot. And I think it would be beneficial not only to learn a little bit on how these guys target, you know, walleyes and whatnot, but just watching, you know, what electronics they have, what, uh, you know, what their rod setups are, what their tackle setups are. Did I was I correct on that? The sixth through the eighth of September, you're you're heading yeah, out of town. Yeah. So our tentative dates for our uh, Colorado elk trip is leaving on September seventh. So I'll be pretty jealous if uh, you get to go to the Devil's Lake Championship tournament event. That'll only be if you let me take your boat. We could talk about that for sure. <laughs> um, I've been following that for a few years now, more or less. How many people do they have that register? How many uh, pros are there? The last event that I heard, you know, I would say their average boats are 100, 100 boats per tournament, over 100 boats, 100 to 110. So, and what do they do? Two. Do they, is it, you know, once the 20, let's just use the championship weekend, the 6th or the 8th, so, that midnight on the 6th, can they? Nope. So, champion, so it's, it's, now I may be wrong because I have not paid that much attention but it's uh the national water is four events across the midwest usually um you get points based off of so uh each 
each tournament is a two-day tournament with ang- uh, pro angler, co-angler. You fish day one. Uh, it's a total boat weight of five fish for the team. And then each, the pro and the co will take that weight into day two. And you, they'll, they'll usually draw a different co-angler for day two. So you'll each carry that weight. I just looked it up. The co-angler fee is only 500 bucks. Yes. Did you say that? Yeah. Well, not on the podcast. So it's it's $500 for an event as a co-angler, $2,000 for the year, plus a $30 membership fee to the National Y Tour. Um, so you're looking at a two-day event. It's usually Thursday, Fridays. Uh, you take points I'm from... Gonna, I'm going to interrupt you one more time. Okay. So the I'm looking it up. How do I qualify for the championship? The championship is going to be the top 40... That's where I was getting at. ...anglers and... <laughs> oh, I thought you said 100. I'm sorry. Well, so the the first four events are open events. They, there's usually 100 to 110, give or take, boats. So times two people. Um, you, the, you earn points by, obviously, your weight throughout those four events the top 40 uh, anglers in points get invited basically to the championship which is a, a free event for those 40 uh, anglers both on the pro side and the co-angler side and then they fish a two-day event championship for uh, national walleye tour champion for the year and then also during that event is the uh, angler of the year award which is the highest the person that sco- uh, has the highest amount of points throughout the entire year including championship weekend what do you think the uh, championship payout is for first well here i'll give you first all the way down to 20th place first place on the pro side is well for the championship weekend i'm not sure for, Take a stab at it. So for the other four events, it's usually fifteen thousand dollars cash plus a ranger boat. Right, let me let me go to the regular payout. Fifteen thousand plus the boat and motor package. And this boat and motor package is not like, uh, you know, some some of those smaller tournaments, and it's you won a sixteen foot aluminum boat with a twenty five horse motor. No, this is a twenty foot fiberglass ranger. With probably a 250 horse motor, so yeah, it's 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 a ninety thousand dollar boat. So you you've definitely followed this closer than I have. I've never followed it at all. So what's your guess for the championship for the pro? Oh man, I would say they're probably looking at thirty thousand dollars cash plus boat. You got it pulled up on your phone over there? I do not. <laughs> You're right. That's what it is. What what does twentieth get? They do not get a boat. They do not get a boat. I would as as a pro, I would I would venture to say if you the, get this right, oh, I will. I don't know. I'll buy you lunch. Seven thousand. Mm, nope. Dang. I've, you. So your seven thousand guess is closest to eleventh. They're not round numbers like that though. So eleventh place gets seven thousand seven hundred and thirty-one dollars. So if you made seventh place in the in the championship event, assuming you didn't, well, you'd have to have won money already. Sorry, I lied. That's twelfth place. So or eleventh place. Twelfth place in the championship event would cover 
all of the fees as a pro angler for the year. What about uh, so? What so, about co angler uh, for first place for championship weekend? Again, no boat. That's where I think they mess up. They should give the boat to the co angler. They should give two boats away: one for the co angler and one yeah, for the, the pro. See, the pros already have nice boats. That's why they're doing this. Okay, how about the pros? give their boat to the co-angler and they get the new boat. That'd be cool. I don't think anybody are going to do that because that's where <laughs> most of the money comes from. No, <laughs> absolutely not. They got to give. this. I think they should make it co-angler for the championship weekend. It's tough because a lot of it depends on who you're with. But co-angler for championship weekend should get a boat. Should get the boat. Well, they give a, away a boat at every single event. Yep. All right, so what's your what's your guess for the cash payout for the co-angler on the championship? I'm going to say 8,000. Close. 6,500. Now, that, that is $2,000 for the year. So if you win that, not obviously not only have you already made money cuz you're in the championship, you also just paid for probably all your fees and gas for the entire weekend. So I mean, if you could win it, like you're fishing for free with some of the best anglers around for the for four events through or five events throughout the whole summer. I think it'd be cool just to uh oh actually here. It uh on the bottom here it says what the boat is. It should be a 2080 Ranger FS with a 250. It'll be a 2023 Nitro. Oh, it's a okay. So ZV20 with a Mercury 225 and trailer retail value of sixty eight thousand nine hundred ninety five dollars. Must be different because is that for the championship weekend? Correct. Because I've been watching like last year they gave away a lot of Merc or Ranger boats, or maybe it was two years ago. It was all Ranger boats. So they have a they have a 2023 Pro Angler of the Year. That's a Ranger boat. That is a 2023 Ranger 620 FS with a Mercury 250 and a trailer retail value at 89995 Not a bad gig. Not a bad gig at all. The fact that the person that wins that probably has that boat or better already. Couldn't you win both? Couldn't you? Because it's first place pro boat and then it's the 2023 pro angler of the year. So yes. you have the potential to win. Yes. And you have pretty good odds if you win the fifth event. You're so obviously you're already top forty because of making the tournament. All you have to do is be number one of that top forty. So if you take first place in that event, that could jump you quite a ways. Now obviously it's if you're if you squeak in at forty and then you win it, it would very much depend on where everybody else landed. But if you're top ten and you win that event, yeah, you have pretty good odds of winning two boats and a lot of cash. That's kind of cool that you can just anybody can be a co-angler. You don't have to be a Anybody can be a pro too. Anybody can be a pro. That's correct. That's kind of a cool little twist just adding a, a random topic in there. Uh one little side note, I should have said this at the beginning. If you guys are noticing that our logos are looking a little different right now, uh we're digging into or sorry, Jacob has been digging into the reason why we're not on Apple Podcast, and what he found was our image wasn't 
a high enough resolution. Boy, that's a poor excuse, Apple. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, we were already on it, and then all of a sudden you just boot us off because our... <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so if you're noticing our logo looks a little a little funny, uh, that will be fixed um, in the near future. Um, and as we're starting to kind of close this one out, uh, one thing Wixel and I are going to do here when we're off air is go through and make a potential video list just so we can start kind of planning on when we want to do those. Uh, as we've talked about before, we definitely want to get our YouTube rolling a little bit better or a little bit more frequent. I know this last fall we put up two videos of uh, Jake and Jared's deer. Uh, Jared should be coming on here within the next couple of weeks to talk about his 2022 bow season. I think, you know, sooner than later, we're going to start getting into uh, a lot more hunting talk. And I think we're going to have a lot of a lot of good episodes coming down the line as far as that goes. Um, but, yeah, so that kind of – you got something? It's going to be – we'll get into a lot of gear stuff, what, what guys are running for what seasons, um, pack setups, what you carry in and out. You know, a lot of guys hunt tree stands. Some of us do a lot of spot stocks. Uh, some of us go out of state for other things. So, what we bring with us for that? You got well, a you got a teaser of uh, what we can expect, just on your end, as far as what hunts you're going to be going on. Um, well, why don't you just just give a whole teaser on what you've got in store for your 2023 hunting season? Well, um, as far as videos. Uh, I went to Colorado last year, and I've gone to Western North Dakota the last few years. So, you know, this the stuff I bring on those trips, the pack-in, pack-out stuff. If you've got an open spot or if you're going by yourself or don't have anything planned, I wouldn't mind taking along with you out west. I can do that. I go three, four times a year at least, various conditions. Sometimes I'll bring the backpack tent sometimes i'll bring the ice house you know we can do it either way um as far as this year goes i will have my north dakota bow tag i will most as as of right now the plan is uh colorado elk 2.0 um so probably probably only deer well i take it back uh i'll probably look into minnesota archery as well for deer so uh, that's kind of as of right now, those are my plans. You gonna be uh, public land hunting over there, or are you gonna you know a guy? It'll be public. Well, Minnesota will be private if I go. Everything else will be public. So Colorado for an elk. That's the plan. We made, have, the, tri- we made the trip last year. Uh, did we get it. into that last yep. year? We did get it. I we did do an episode on that. I'm pretty sure we've done one at some point because I. Uh, had a pretty cool story. It was only a spike, but for somebody that has never hunted elk, give a give a quick recap of that story because I don't. For some reason, that doesn't stand out to me as something that we've touched on. Uh, we went uh, a group of three of us went down to Colorado last year, last September, archery elk hunting. Uh, the first, I don't know. I think we went for ten, nine or ten day trip. Um, the first few days were tough, as. None of us had ever hunted elk. None of us had ever hunted anything other than deer in the Midwest. So it, it was a huge learning curve. But um, 
a few days into the trip, we started picking up fresher and fresher sign. Then we started finding elk on ridges that were out of our hunting, you know, the, what we could get to beings that we were staying, we were camping in a trailer cause we weren't on, we, we were not all prepared to backpack in. So, uh, we had to be back at camp every, every night. Um, towards the end of the trip though, we, we got into them, uh, Colorado legal elk with a bow is cow calf or four points or better. We had a spike come in. It was 20 yards from me, 10 yards from the, one of the guys that I was with right in front of him. It came in, came in much quieter than I had ever anticipated a 600 pound elk to be. I never saw it until it was 40 yards from us. So that came in. Um, I was cow calling with it, playing with it. You could tell it was curious. It was kind of walking around, uh, doing its thing. But that was a that was an interaction that or interaction that was uh, I'm not going to forget. Kind of probably something we'll do forever, as long as we can at least. But uh, action and the as far as quiet goes. It took off. It was 20 yards from me. I didn't know it left. I didn't know it left until the guy, James, the guy I was with, stood up and walked over to me. I was like, what are you doing? It's like, it it ran away like two minutes ago. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't even hear it. James is another one that we'll have to look at getting on the podcast. I haven't seen that guy in quite a while. He's busy living the farm life. They bought a farmhouse that he's remodeling. I like to call it storage because... <laughs> Uh, the day he told me that he bought a farm, I asked him, I said, well, first off, I congratulated him. I said, it's really cool. He had told me about it before. Second question was, can I store my fish house there? Is that where it's at right now? Yep. Perfect. That elk story is kind of cool. That's We're definitely going to have some good good stuff coming down the line this year. Won't, won't be until this fall, but this fall is going to be another action pack. I think it's going to be a good fall. Um, a lot of stuff planned. A um, lot of stuff with the North Bros that I think we can throw in that I can bring bring guys along. Uh, there's some cool stuff that I think we can get into. So that'd be a fun trip just to go on. Like, you, not even hunt, just go. Yeah, well, first off, we'll take you to North Dakota, and you'll see. And then you'll be... We'll take you to North Dakota this year, and then you're going to be wanting to go. So, Well, you got anything to to close out with? You got any fishing plans coming up here in the next couple weeks, or are you hanging it up for the season? Uh, Nothing major. I'm going to try to get out this weekend, but a lot of it's going to be machine dependence. It's going to be be you dependent if you take the snowmobile out. (laughs) Um, I try to get out a few more times, but unless – Unless this snow gets blown out of here, I'm I'm about as far as I can go at the moment. I don't know. We'll drive around the lakes and see if there's any if we can do anything, but it's getting real tough for now. So hopefully we'll have another fishing update coming for you guys um, within the next couple of weeks. Here, as always, stay safe out there if you're on the ice. It, it hasn't started happening yet here, but it's coming where the accesses and ice is going to start getting pretty shady. Um, as we said before, wherever you guys are listening, if you could give us a, a leave a review, a comment, and a share, anything like that, we appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I think that's gonna do it for this time. Till next time, we'll get back to you.